Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of People's Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This week, it's a copper soup, a short episode called Lemongate. In the last episode, I presented an exercise called The Pen to illustrate how we make sense of the world and the impact it can have on how we show up. We did this through considering our inner and outer worlds. This week, we kind of continue on the theme and have a look under the bonnet, and it's a glimpse into the world of something called RFT, which is Relational Frame Theory. Now, don't worry if you've never heard of that before, because the good news is I'm no expert in RFT, but what I do want to do is just share a little basic concept from it with you, because I think you'll find it quite interesting, but also maybe we can reflect on what might be causing us to show up in particular ways in our lives. PeopleSoup is a community of people who are interested in behavioural science at work and how we can make it accessible, fun and useful for ourselves and each other. At work, behavioural science has the capacity to enhance our well-being, help us be the person we want to be more often and provide us with perspectives to enable cooperation, collaboration and innovation. It was psychologist Abraham Maslow who said, A first-rate soup is more creative than a second-rate painting. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. More than ever, the world of work is a heady mix of people, behaviour, events and challenges. When the blend is right, it can be first-rate. Behavioural science and psychology has a lot to offer in terms of recipes, ingredients, seasonings, spices and utensils. So welcome to People Soup. And there are some reviews in for last week's episode, The Pen. Here's one from Dr. Becky Quick. If you sometimes get caught up in imagining the worst and or getting hung up and held back by past events, then have a listen to this 10-minute People Soup episode, a fab insight with a metaphor that you won't forget. Thanks so much, Becky. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. And also thanks to Chris, Anne, Rebecca and Rose for sharing and commenting. Much appreciated, everyone. Also proud that Chris Winson who manages the community 365 Days of Compassion, made it the Sunday podcast this week. So really chuffed about that, Chris. Thanks very much. Now, Chris is also sharing some new videos he's made in his understated and very well thought out style. And in these videos, he explores and shares his experience of compassion-focused therapy. These are well worth a watch, and I'll put a link on the show notes So let's crack on with this week's episodes. Get a brew on and have a listen. Here we go, P-Super's Lemongate. With immense gratitude to the authors of The Essential Guide to the Act Matrix, Kevin Polk, my pal Benji Schoendorf, Mark Webster and Fabian Olaz, who explain this really well in their book, and I've based this episode on that segment. If you grew up in the 60s, 70s and even perhaps the 80s, you'll remember some really functional furniture, particularly the telephone table and the stereogram. The telephone table was a design classic. Before cordless landline phones, the telephone was stuck in one place and the conversations were sacred and held on an altar of furniture, the telephone table. It used to have an integral padded seat so you could be comfy on those longer calls and a drawer for the directories. The stereogram, or radiogram, was like a really hefty sideboard with integral speakers and a hinged lid. You could play your LPs and singles. Some had stacking systems. Others had a soft-close lid. Such evocative objects of beauty for me. 
When I was a child, I had some favourite LPs, including The Sound of Music, Peer Gint, the soundtrack to the film Oliver, the Ray Conniff Hi-Fi Companion, and an album called Peter, Paul and Mary, a kind of folk trio. Track nine on Peter, Paul and Mary was called Lemon Tree, and it went something like this. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Now, I know some of you have missed my singing, so there you go. A bit of a treat, or not. So this brings me to the subject of this week's episode, lemons. The way we humans use language can either restrict or open up our behaviour. The theory of this which underpins acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT, is called Relational Frame Theory, or RFT. Now, don't worry about all those acronyms. I just want to share one of the basic concepts of RFT because it's about how we learn to relate to objects, concepts or ideas using different frames. Quite a bit of RFT is about how we transform sensory experience into words. So take the word lemon. When I was a lad, as I experienced lemons, I added some frames like yellow, sour, juicy and pips to the sound lemon. In time, When I said the word lemon, those frames showed up for me and became part of my experience. In some ways, you could say I became a bit restricted in my experience of lemons, but in this case, it also worked quite well. But what if it goes further? So imagine one time I made fresh lemonade. Seized by the urge to create a natural, refreshing drink, I squeezed lemons and made a delicious beverage. Except... I became violently ill after drinking the lemonade and had to take to my bed. So now there's a new frame, violent illness, related to lemon. So now whenever I see a recipe that requires lemon, I might say, never again will I use lemon in food preparation after the unfortunate experience of lemon gate. So my future behaviour could be limited by this framing of the word lemon with violent illness. Another interesting thing is we usually use words within sentences, which can be combined to form stories. So words can become a part of a story that keep me stuck. So my story could be, I don't use lemons, they made me violently ill. If I stick to this story, then it sets some limits on my culinary magnificence. It could also make me quite a challenging customer in a restaurant. P-Supers, let's take it a step further. Say that I hear a colleague of mine at work, Rob, really likes lemons. The Rob frame then becomes part of my lemon story. Also, one time at work, Rob told me an enormous lie. You can probably see where I'm going here, P-Supers. The frame lied is added to my lemon story. P-Supers, where does this take us? Imagine, if you will, my personal newspaper headline. People who like lemons are not to be trusted. How could this impact on my behaviour? I might become uncomfortable and anxious around people who like lemons. It could limit my behaviour, or how I show up, or don't show up. For instance, I'm unlikely to accept an invitation to speak 
at a Lemon Appreciation Society, because those people in that room, hmm, they're probably not to be trusted. Forming these kind of connections is known as derived relational responding. Let's break that down a bit. Derived, because the function and consequences are not contained in my five senses experiencing. Relational, so this derivation is relational as it is a result of framing one set of words or inner experiences with another set of words or inner experiences. And responding, because there's a response in my behaviour. My behaviour will be impacted if I'm around a lot of people who like lemons. And this could be towards who I want to be, or be away from who I want to be in any situation. And peak supers, we're all doing this all the time. Derived relational responding. Sometimes our stories might be helpful, and sometimes our stories may restrict and frustrate the way we'd really like to turn up in the world. So, I might not apply for a particular job at work because I have a story I'll be rejected. Or I might associate certain personality characteristics of a colleague who I really didn't like in the past with a new colleague who has the same name. P-Supers, I invite you to have a think. Can you reflect on any derived relational responding going on in your life? Any area of life? If you're willing to share, we'd love to hear from you, and it might be kind of fun to, to share instances or examples of this to really bring it to life. There we have it, P-Supers. A little glimpse into relational frame theory. If you like this episode or the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioural science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, rating or review are also very, very much appreciated. You can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at peoplesouppod. On Instagram, at people.soup. And on Facebook... We are at People Soup Pod. Thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic. Thanks to the authors of the Essential Guide to the Act Matrix. Thanks to Lemons. And thanks for listening. Have a great week, Pea Supers, and bye for now. Lovely lemon tree, lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree Lemon tree Lemon tree